Hello and welcome to the Injury Prevention Podcast from BMJ Journals. My name is Brian Johnston. I'm the Editor-in-Chief. With every issue, our podcast highlights a paper that we've recently published in the print edition of the journal Injury Prevention. This paper is the editor's choice for that issue and it can be downloaded free of charge online. You can visit injuryprevention.bmj.com to obtain your copy. You can also leave comments online and link to our searchable archive and to our blog. The editor's choice for the October 2014 issue is entitled Patterns of Vulnerability to Non-Fatal Injuries in Sudan, Initial Evidence from a National Cross-Sectional Survey. And to talk about the paper, I'm joined by the lead author, Dr. Safa Abdallah. She prepared the manuscript on behalf of the Sudan Household Health Survey 2010 National Management Team while she was working for the Sudanese Public Health Consultancy Group. Hello, Safa, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Brian. Safa, your paper describes a nationally representative cross-sectional survey that was conducted in 2010 to characterize the distribution of injury morbidity across various demographic groups in the Sudan. Can you tell us a little bit about the motivation for the study? What information did you feel was needed? Injury research is budding in Sudan, and uh, very recently uh, there have been some serious injury prevention activities um, going on, particularly uh, in relation to road traffic injuries. We have a road traffic injury strategy coming out, so um, there is some work uh, that started there, but we felt that we needed more information. We needed to start scratching uh, the surface and, and, and try to get more objective information, not not only about road traffic injuries, but also about other injuries and uh, what groups uh, we should focus on uh, for prevention and uh, what needs to be done more in, in terms of research and in what groups, just so to know, to uh, give us uh, some guidance in, in relation to uh, doing further work. We, we had the data from a national representative uh, survey, and uh, so it was really important to start using that data for those uh, purposes. Another important uh, issue um, is that injuries are not uh, quite on the radar of uh, policymakers in Sudan as much as other uh, traditional conditions are, such as maternal uh, mortality or childhood infectious diseases. And to be able to draw attention to them, or at least to be able to say to policymakers that we we need to start looking at injuries, we need to have a more comprehensive view of uh, what of our priorities it was really important to get some country-specific evidence. Um, a lot of work has been done already around the world, but it's really important to be able to present policymakers with country-specific uh, evidence um, rather than borrowed evidence from other countries. So that, that was the motivation for this work. Did you have any reason going into the study to think that the patterns of non-fatal injury in Sudan would be substantially different from those in other middle-income countries? It was only natural uh, for me to uh, think that I might find some differences. Uh, Sudan has just emerged from decades of civil war. There has been a lot of internal displacement. Uh, and uh, one would think that such conditions could have shaped uh, vulnerability to injuries directly, such as um, vulnerability to violence, uh, interpersonal violence or indirectly through poverty, internal displacement, resort to precarious work, child labor, and so on. So uh, I, I was expecting some differences, but it was hard to, uh, to be able to say beforehand that because Sudan is different in this way, then it's, we're going to find such and such differences. 
from other countries, especially when uh, other results from other countries are uh, sometimes inconsistent, and there isn't a lot of discussion around uh, why they are uh, inconsistent. So I, as you may be aware, um, some members of our editorial board at the journal are on record as being a little skeptical of the value of injury surveillance programs. But I think we all recognize that sometimes you need local data to motivate local prevention funding, to galvanize public support, or to satisfy the needs of a particular institutional partner. In that case, adding injury questions to a well-conducted national health survey can be a very useful way to characterize the relative distribution and the determinants of injury events. And that is exactly what you did. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Sudan Household Health Survey? Um, the Sudan Household Health Survey is a national survey. Um, it's a continuation of the multiple indicator cluster surveys that started in 1995. They are carried out every uh, four to five years. Um, they're carried out actually in, in multiple uh, countries. The funding uh, and uh, technical support comes mainly from the UNICEF, uh, but also from other agencies, the WHO, uh, UNAIDS, uh, USAID, and other international uh, donors. The main purpose of the Sudan Household Health Survey is that of the multiple indicator cluster surveys, uh, that is to track progress towards achievement of international goals and targets related mainly to childhood conditions, child health and, and maternal health, such as the Millennium Development Goals. It's a rather big survey, especially in Sudan, because Sudan is a very populous country and um, the sample size is 1,000 uh, households uh, selected from each of the 15 states of Sudan. So uh, are there typically injury questions on the survey or were these added as, a, as a, an unusual or unique module? Was that difficult to do? Typically, there, there is no uh, injury module. There hasn't been a standard injury module in the multiple indicator cluster surveys or its uh, continuation in the Sudan Household Health Survey rounds. Uh, we had to include an injury module and uh, it was a challenging experience, uh, obviously, because it is not uh, the main purpose of the survey. And in adding any additional questions to a survey costs time and money, and we did not have a substantial financial contribution uh, to the survey. So it was challenging, but fortunately, we, because, uh, as I mentioned, we had a clear purpose for those data, and it was very clear in, in how we're going to use the data. Uh, for uh, for characterizing the burden of injury, we were able to convince the survey management team to include those questions. So in the paper, you described the results from a final number of 83,510 surveys that were collected in that two-stage sampling, sampling design um, that should make the results nationally representative. Can you give us a broad overview of the results for injury? So uh, we found that uh, 2% of participants uh, said that they had an injury over the 12 month preceding the survey. About 15% uh, of them did not seek any health care in the first week, and uh, about one third sought care with a traditional healer. The main causes uh, we found were uh, falls, which was followed by animal bite or animal venom, and uh, then the third common cause was road traffic injury about a quarter of those who were injured uh, had a disability from the injury. So you say that only about 2% of your respondents reported an injury requiring medical care over the preceding 12 months. And uh, to me, that seems like a low number. To what extent do you think that the well-known limitation of a 12-month 
recall period contributed to underreporting? So uh, we dug further into that. We investigated this issue and uh, we, we looked at the distribution of the you know, injuries over the 12-month recall period. We had a question of the time of occurrence of injury in broad uh, time ranges. And looking into the distribution, we found that there was uh, there was a fall in the average monthly percentage of injuries after the first earlier than the first month preceding the survey. So uh, most of the injuries were concentrated in the first month preceding the survey. And if we base uh, our calculations of uh, injury incidents on the first month preceding the survey, we we get three times as many injuries as we got over the twelve month recall period. So I think uh, there was uh, this this issue might have contributed substantially to to underestimation of the injury incidents. So so yeah. it's possible then that the recall bias results in undercounting of injuries, but do you think it also influences estimates about the relative distribution of injuries? That is, do you think there are some injury types or injuries among some subpopulations that are inherently more likely to be poorly recalled? Uh, yes, we, we also looked at that in another paper, and uh, what stood out was that injuries among children under five were the least likely to be mentioned to have occurred uh, earlier than the first month preceding the survey. So we'll let readers go to the paper for your full results, but maybe you could tell us about any findings in your analysis that were unexpected or particularly surprising to you. I was a bit surprised by uh, road traffic injuries not showing to be concentrated among the poorest of the population. Uh, but again, we're looking at uh, non-fatal injuries only. So uh, it is still possible that there is some selective uh, survival uh, issues with the, with the result that, that led to this profile. And are there any results from your work that you thought were particularly important for policy or program planning? It's the finding that men uh, were the most commonly affected by more than one injury cause. And uh, I say that knowing very well that it's not a novel finding. But as I mentioned in Sudan, men are not a conventional risk group. And uh, to be able to get local evidence and present it to policymakers about uh, such an unconventional risk group, I think this is, uh, this is important. So for other listeners who might themselves want to describe a national injury experience by partnering with an existing cross-sectional household survey, what advice would you give them? How should they start? I think that one of, one of the main things that uh, they should start doing is to build a good relationship with the survey management. Um, it's, it's really important to have a good working relationship. Um, it's also important to uh, have a clear purpose for including injury questions, especially if they're not already part of uh, many other similar surveys, for example, in many countries. They need to have a clear purpose and a, and a clear potential use for the results. Um, they need to start early preparing. Um, it needs a lot of preparation and uh, they need to consult with uh, experts in injury survey design and even uh, injury survey analysis. The, the currently available national surveys that focus on child health, for example, those have been running for a long time and their, their items have been tried and tested and validated and standardized. Um, we need to do a lot more for our injury modules to get them to the standard of those other items. 
Well, thank you very much for sharing uh, your thoughts about the paper with us today, and congratulations. That was Dr. Safa Abdallah discussing her paper in the October 2014 issue of Injury Prevention. It's called Patterns of Vulnerability to Non-Fatal Injuries in Sudan, Initial Evidence from a National Cross-Sectional Survey. The paper is this month's editor's choice, and as always, it's available without access restriction at the journal's website. I'm pleased to remind our listeners that Injury Prevention is celebrating 20 years of publication in 2015, so you can look for special features and content throughout the next volume. That concludes this edition of our podcast. You can join us in December for highlights of the next issue. <laughs>